Have you lost a lot of weight through diet and exercise or bariatric surgery? Now that you've succeeded with weight loss, are you interested in body contouring surgery to take care of that loose skin, but you have no clue where to start or what questions to ask? Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell. Let's go beyond bariatric surgery and talk about everything you need to move on. Stay right where you are. Just ahead, let's talk to plastic and cosmetic surgeon, Dr. Richard Maxwell. We're going to ask him all kinds of questions. If you've had bariatric surgery, you need a specific bariatric multivitamin, not an off-the-shelf version. There's a big difference. In Australia, choose BN Multi. Find them at beyondbariatricsurgery.com in the shop. Joining me via Skype from Melbourne, Australia, is specialist plastic surgeon Dr. Richard Maxwell. Gaining extensive experience in post-trauma surgery following motor vehicle and industrial accidents, Dr. Maxwell then moved into cosmetic plastic surgery, where he has a passion for transforming bodies after extreme weight loss through diet and exercise or bariatric surgery. You can find out more about Dr. Maxwell on our website, beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Just click on that podcast for his episode and then the show notes or on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash beyondbariatricsurgery. Hello, Dr. Maxwell. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, Susan. Thank you very much for having me on. You are welcome. We are very glad you're here. You know, Dr. Maxwell, I can hear the question now. My skin is loose in a number of areas after my weight loss. I have a lot of questions about what to do. So let's answer those questions for all of our listeners and start with who's a candidate for body contouring surgery? Well, anyone whose activities of daily living are impacted adversely by their skin or fat excess can benefit from body contouring surgery. Mm -hmm. And... It, it, you, when you see this weight loss, this you call it massive weight loss, is most of this after bariatric surgery, or do you also see that a number of people have been able to lose the weight on their own? Uh, yes, Susan, about a third of uh, people I help have lost weight spontaneously, and the rest uh, have had various forms of bariatric surgery. So I refer to it as massive weight loss. Yeah. And so in addition to activities of daily living being impacted, as you just mentioned. I've read that people can end up with hanging skin that causes chafing or rashes, infections, even back pain. And plus, I think it stops you from being as active as you want to be and maybe even impacts self-esteem. And you may hear a, a lot about that. So I think there are many reasons people start to consider body contouring surgery. If, if you're thinking about surgery, what factors should you consider? Well, uh, I think initially it's very important to consider the scarring involved. And when I consult with uh, prospective patients, I make sure that they see pictures uh, of the scars because they are significant. Um, but patients understand that this is the only way to um, to achieve the body contouring results. Uh, for example, scars on the abdomen take six to nine months to settle down, whereas scars on the arms and legs take upwards of 12 months to settle down. Really? So now I would not have known that either. And when you say settle down, does that mean become less visible or do you mean heal in totally? What are you saying when you say settle down? Yes, I'm saying become less visible. 
Um, and the, are, uh, the longer you wait, the better the scar. Okay. And, uh, and what other types of things do they need to know about? Because I love that you're very honest about this going in, about these factors, because even as health professionals, I'm not aware of that. So what else do you let people know about? Well, there are uh, complications uh, with bariatric, uh, post-bariatric body contouring, as there are with any surgical procedures. Uh, and I warn them about the potential for wound breakdown, uh, which is more common in diabetics and uh, smokers. Uh, we talk about time off work following the surgery, and this depends on the procedure uh, performed, and also the expense, because uh, there are multiple surgeries uh, performed sequentially, and uh, the total cost is uh, obviously uh, of importance to the patient. So I'm assuming there, um, I remember Amanda mentioning to me that some people can access what you call a super in Australia. Can you speak a little more about that? Uh, yes, a certain proportion of our uh, income is uh, uh, by law put aside into uh, what's called superannuation, mm -hmm. uh, which is accessed uh, at uh, retirement. But you can bring uh, that forward and access uh, your superannuation funds uh, if um, the medical practitioner uh, supports the uh, request. Okay, so now I don't know about the US and if you know, great. Is, are these procedures of body contouring in the US just considered cosmetic, even if you've had bariatric surgery, so they're not uncovered by insurance or do you know? I don't know in the uh, States, but in Australia, um, if the, uh, uh, body mass index has been reduced uh, by three points and uh, there is significant weight loss, then uh, uh, health insurance does uh, apply to these procedures. Although in multiple procedures, uh, uh, the health insurance can only apply to one at a time. Okay. So let's say you've had bariatric surgery should you wait until you've achieved your target weight before undergoing body contouring surgery uh, yes susan generally it's advantageous to uh, have reached your target weight but uh, many patients have plateaued uh, uh, prior to that point and then it's best to press on with the contouring surgery as this often facilitates further weight loss, for example, through the loss of a large abdominal apron, allowing the patient to exercise more effectively. Sure. And in a large abdominal apron that you see, does the, I'm going to say, weight of that apron that is removed vary significantly from person to person? Or is there a typical range that you see? Uh, typically, upward of two kilograms, mm -hmm. anything from two to four kilograms, um, but it's, it's as much the uh, physical presence uh, of the apron which prevents uh, patients tucking in their clothes and uh, it flops around when uh, uh, exercising. So going back to what you were saying in the beginning about your activities of daily living are really hindered in, in part by the abdominal apron. That, that's correct. And uh, it, it's often the, the first uh, line of attack uh, in the body contouring uh, program. Okay. You know, many people, the first thing they do when they want to find out something is they head right online and search 
Googling for it, right? <laughs> and they yeah. want to see what information they can find out. So I have noticed online that there are various exercises that promise to tighten loose skin, okay? Particularly on the neck that we all get so lovingly as we age. <laughs> so we all want to know the question, is it possible to minimize or really tighten loose skin after weight loss surgery? Uh, essentially, it's not possible to tighten uh, skin without uh, uh, surgery. Uh, there's no physiological connection between the skin and the underlying muscles. Uh, and in many instances, uh, there is a six pack just waiting to get out. <laughs> so it's a common fallacy then that the, the muscles uh, are going to work to tighten that skin. Yes, I had one patient whose arms uh, were lax and she saw a dermatologist and he performed a bit of liposuction because he didn't want to take too much fat away as they would hang more. Uh, and uh, she asked if it could be improved, so he did a little bit more liposuction, which made it worse, and then uh, offered her a very expensive um, skin treatment uh, that he said would tighten uh, the skin. And she came to me about five years after this process uh, and many dollars uh, uh, poorer. Mm. Uh, and I explained to her that there was no alternative but to uh, remove the skin surgically uh, uh, along with the attendant scar, and sh she was very happy with the outcome but very disappointed with uh, the previous yeah. uh, practitioner. So there you have it, folks. You heard what he said. Don't get taken in. Make sure that you do your homework and know what's really going to happen. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about in depth about surgery and what it actually entails. So someone's getting ready to come have a surgery. What should you expect? Well, uh, initially we make a list of priorities um, as usually um, a typical number of areas that uh, the patient is concerned about. Uh, and then having established uh, uh, what uh, to do first, the surgery entails uh, excision of the skin excess after the subcutaneous fat has been completely removed by liposuction followed by compressive dressings or garments for four to six weeks okay so i have to ask this question this just from a vanity standpoint of many people do you find when uh, a new patient comes in to talk to you that there are certain areas of the body that people want conjured first over others well interestingly they can present with a very large abdominal apron and yet the majority of my patients start with the arms because uh, this is an area that can't be hidden. Uh, and interestingly, uh, having treated the arms, uh, uh, which is um, itself a life-changing procedure, uh, patients will say that for the first time in, say, 30 years, they have been able to wear uh, short-sleeved or sleeveless um, uh, blouses. Uh, and uh, it's a relief uh, for when uh, in the past they're invited to weddings. The first question for them is, how am I going to hide my arms? Yeah, you know, uh, I, that has to be very em empowering, Dr. Maxwell, to feel that after they've had that surgery. That must be very uplifting in terms of just uh, the way you see yourself and your self-confidence. You know, you said it a minute ago that 
you remove a lot of fat first by or by liposuction. And I didn't realize that. How much fat would you estimate is removed by liposuction to begin with? And, and is it common across the board? Or again, does it vary patient dependent? Uh, the liposuction uh, is usually not particularly significant in volume, but it facilitates the removal of the loose skin. Uh, in other situations, uh, liposuction is performed in areas where the uh, uh, the tightening, for example, uh, uh, on the back of the arm when uh, removing the loose skin under the arm or the uh, fat on the outer part of the thigh when uh, tightening the inner part of the thigh, uh, liposuction is used for these uh, areas. Okay, so it's just very much a part of the overall body contouring procedures, I think of what I'm hearing you say, is that right? Yeah, that, that's, that's correct. And it's the areas that the, the actual excisional surgery doesn't uh, address. Okay. So someone might be saying, gosh, I wonder what type of surgical options are available. What is available? Well, uh, there are uh, predictable areas that uh, patients are concerned about. And as I mentioned, uh, uh, it's the arms which can extend uh, through the armpit onto the side of the chest um, and this brings in the, the breast area which very often uh, requires reduction or lifting. Uh, then there's the abdomen with the apron that we've referred to and sometimes uh, a vertical excision uh, is uh, made as well and this is called a fleur-de-lis excision uh, that uh, term is because the, the vertical ellipse of skin and the two horizontal ellipses um, uh, are likened to the three petals of the lily flower or the fleur de lis. Uh, and this vertical resection uh, uh, increases the, uh, the uh, uh, waist uh, formation, which uh, patients greatly appreciate. Oh, that's, that's, that's fascinating. And then are there other things like, um, I remember you hearing one about a, a lateral chest reduction. What does that mean exactly? Well, that's uh, an excision of redundant skin uh, down the side of the chest as far as the uh, lower aspect of the breast. Uh, and um, it's common in patients with very significant weight loss that uh, the loose skin on the arm uh, extends through the armpit and down onto the side of the chest. And uh, if this is not removed, then there's redundant skin in the armpit, which is uh, unsightly and uh, can cause uh, uh, problems of chafing and infection. And then you can do thigh reductions as well, is that correct? Yes, the thigh reductions are a similar technique to the uh, arm reductions. Mm -hmm. uh, more difficult for the surgeon because of the, uh, the nature of where they are. Um, and as I said, liposuction tends to be used on the um, outer part of the thigh, which is not uh, addressed by the thigh reduction. Uh, the, the other thing which um, we do associated with the, the tummy side of things is uh, a MONS reduction. Uh, very often patients have a drooping mons which um, hides the genitalia and uh, this can be elevated at the time of the uh, removal of the abdominal apron uh, so and this impact. I can hear people now, Dr. Maxwell going, oh my goodness, I could be, I might need 
four or five different surgeries. Is there an average number after massive weight loss? Again, whether it's surgical weight loss or someone who achieves that on their own, are, is there a typical number of surgeries that's the average for body contact? Yes, I'd say the typical number is four procedures. Uh, and if these are combined, then uh, it would be two combined procedures. Um, for example, targeting the arm and the, uh, the breast area, uh, and then the abdominal area, uh, and then the thighs, uh, and then uh, a fourth area, depending on uh, patient um, uh, demand. And, and when you're lining these up with them, is there a typical amount of time that passes bet before you'll go to, say, the second surgery? Yes, I generally wait four months between uh, operations as there's a significant blood loss associated with the procedures and uh, uh, their blood count has to be uh, optimized prior to uh, reoperating. You know, it was any surgery, there's always risk. <laughs> What are the risks? What is the real downside that, as you see it, who's somebody that's in the OR on a daily basis? Well, the most common uh, complication is collection of fluid deep to the skin, uh, which uh, is called seroma. And uh, it's seen in uh, really all the areas uh, where body contouring surgery is performed. And this fluid has to be uh, removed uh, sometimes uh, on a number of occasions before it st stops collecting. Um, the other uh, aspect uh, is the scarring, which I alluded to earlier. And some patients uh, see the pictures and say, no way. And clearly the surgery is not for them, but the majority of patients understand that there's no other uh, way to remove the uh, excess skin. Well, you've, you've been a surgeon a long time. What issues, you've mentioned a number of different risks, but day in and day out, what do you most typically encounter after a surgery? Uh, the uh, recovery period, uh, patients have to wear a compressive garment and uh, clearly that's onerous, especially in the summer months. Uh, it's interesting that uh, people's response to the body contouring uh, uh, varies. Uh, there are two, essentially two groups. Uh, there are those who have an immediate um, positive reaction to the changes. And there's another group uh, who have difficulty coming to terms with uh, their new body, which is interesting. Um, yeah, that's very more psychological, you're saying, like the, the uh, how I see myself? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you would think it's all positive, but the patients, it's uh, like when you operate on the nose, it can take patients some time to get used to the new them. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember in our, we have a closed Facebook group, Dr. Maxwell, and back at the holidays, there was some discussion among the patients about how some of their friends and family actually did not react well to their surgery or to their body contouring surgery because they looked so different and in many ways so much better that they didn't know how to accept it, they weren't comfortable with it, and it actually did cause some negative interactions that the patient had to figure out how to deal with. Yes, well, we've been um, uh, working on getting a group together for these kind of patients so they can uh, uh, talk amongst themselves and uh, discuss these, uh, these issues. But the vast majority uh, are thrilled with the outcome uh, and um, 
uh, just recently a, a, a patient uh, gave me a big hug and when she went out to make her next appointment she burst into tears with happiness and this is the the more common response to the surgery uh, and i can imagine for the patient it just has to be so i've decided to have surgery how much time off is usually required uh two to three weeks uh, is required for uh, patients with a sedentary uh, uh, work and four to six weeks for physically active patients. Uh, quite a, a majority of patients are female. Mm -hmm. They've uh, had uh, children and the uh, abdominal muscles are separated. And this is repaired and takes a good six weeks before they can return to the gym. Um, male patients obviously don't have this issue and can return to physical activity sooner. Okay. So, Dr. Maxwell, we have listeners who have a couple of questions that they sent in they wanted me to ask you. So, here we go. Renee asks that instead of breast implants, can her own fat be relocated from, say, the belly to the breast in contouring surgery? Uh, yes, it uh, can. And uh, in, over the last couple of years, this has become a much uh, more standard procedure. Uh, approximately one uh, cup size per breast uh, uh, can be transferred at any one time and this can then be repeated uh, after an interval of say six months. Okay, thank you. And Tammy wants to know, is it better to have a single procedure and recover from it before having another or do you recommend multiple surgeries at once? Uh, well, Susan, it's naturally attractive to patients to get, say, two procedures out of the way at the, the one surgery. But longer surgery does carry greater risk, so it's a compromise. But generally, uh, procedures are combined. Uh, otherwise, the whole uh, contouring uh, uh, set of procedures does take a long time. Uh, I can imagine. All right, one last question. You sit across the, the desk and you're telling a new patient what to expect. What haven't you told us about body contouring surgery that you want us to know? Well, apart from the uh, reassurance that the surgery is life-changing, I remind the patient that uh, the weight loss is just the beginning of the journey. Uh, uh, we say that the weight loss uh, makes the patient healthy, but the body contouring surgery makes the patient happy and they need to understand and the, uh, generally the bariatric surgeons don't emphasize that the uh, uh, weight loss goal is uh, the beginning of uh, the body contouring journey and not the end of the whole story and that uh, needs to be understood. I think that is wonderful advice and this gives us a lot to think about. I thank you so much, Dr. Maxwell, for your insight and for sharing your knowledge and experience with us today. You're very welcome, Susan. So remember, if you're considering body contouring surgery, ask questions, do your homework so you know what to expect and you can get the best outcome possible. It's so important to hear about all the issues you face and what you can do about them to stay empowered and move on. Here on the Beyond Bariatric Surgery podcast, we're all about your success. We want to give you as many tools for your toolbox as we can. So don't forget to check out our website, beyondbariatricsurgery.com. Find out more about Dr. Maxwell and his office, as well as the courses we have to offer, the supplements you may need, whatever it is. And Remember, we have a closed Facebook group called Bariatric Surgery Eating. You can be a part of our group. You can talk about questions and the issues that you're facing with the group. It's a large group, but very supportive. So go to 
Bariatric Surgery Eating requests to join their free resources, and this podcast is one of them. So check it out today. Beyond Bariatric Surgery is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC, all rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Great Ideas in Nutrition, or Practicalities, LLC.